I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, what's a good return to make on your crypto? DeFi 101 and headlines. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, July 8th, 2021. Just my own PSA. If you have a candidate running for office and they say that they support cryptocurrency, blockchain, or Bitcoin, and they don't have skin in the game, don't take them seriously. If you run for office, you have to do a financial report, a financial disclosure from the Ethics Committee to show what you're hodling. So if you have a candidate and they said they support Bitcoin or cryptocurrency or digital assets or blah, 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 and they don't have any hodlings, don't take them seriously. My own personal PSA. Now, let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 11.30 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is in at $32,775, down 5% in 24. Ethereum, $2,170, down 7.8% in 24. Tether's in the number three spot. Binance Coin BNB is at $314, up, nope, sorry, down 5.5%. And Cardano at $1.36, down 3.8%. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, Dogecoin, USDC, Polkadot, and Uniswap. Total market cap, we're at $1.38 trillion, and a BTC dominance of 44.5%. The first conversation today was inspired by a listener's question. The question was, I got interested in the crypto space because of the activity in the DeFi area. Someday, if you get a chance, I think it would be interesting to have a deep dive into DeFi. For example, what is staking? What is pooling? Who are the big players? And what do you think will last in the area and would be a worthy investment? Jerry. Well, Jerry, here's your answer. What's up, man? How you doing? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Wonderful. Nathan, tell us briefly. What do you do? I uh, come from the world of traditional finance, and I'm helping other financial advisors get into crypto and help their clients. I love yeah. that. I love that. And you're going to help us talk about the DeFi arena right now. I have a couple of questions that the listeners already heard. We're just going to go, sure. through, go through them really quick. What is staking? Uh, so staking is actually basically the, the opposite of mining. Uh, people think about Bitcoin mining. Staking is locking up your coins to earn rewards on them and actually be a validator of transactions. So uh, how Bitcoin mining is very resource intensive. Proof of stake is the other popular method where consensus method where, where coins work. And that's how you can earn yield on your coins. So a lot of coins out there, uh, Ethereum is working towards changing towards proof of stake. And that um, is a way for you to earn more coins on, on your position. Wonderful. You said an amazing word right there, yield. What is yield? Great question. Yield is basically the ability for you to earn more of your position without it depending on the movement of the actual coin. 
Um, so if you think about it on a very nominal terms, 10% yield on a $100 position, usually yield is quoted on a yearly basis. Uh, APY or APR are some terms that you see, and we can talk about what those mean. Uh, but basically, 10% yield gives you 10 extra dollars on your $100 position. And that is uh, regardless of where your $100 position goes in terms of the price of the coin moving. Understood, understood. Okay, so, and how would you get paid in that yield usually? So there, there's many different ways. In staking specifically, when you're staking your coin, you actually get the actual coin back. So it's if you have a hundred of a specific coin of Solana, for example, and you have a 10% staking yield, you will get 10 more Solana. So the great thing about that is it doesn't matter where Solana goes up or down, you will get the 10 Solana. And if it goes up, your yield in US dollar terms or your base currency will actually be a lot more than that because the performance of the coin has been positive. What is a good yield? You know, you see... 10%, 12%, 15%, 4%, 20%, 25% even. It, are those realistic? Are those good? What would you be looking for? And how would you know that one is just kind of like bogus, like uh, like totally absurd yields and yeah. ones are more kind of like realistic? It's, it's, a, it's a good question, Matt. What I can tell you is this, is that like everything in life, uh, yield is should be in, in perspective of risk reward. So the amount of risk you're taking on should be reflective of the yield you're getting, right? Um, and so, I mean, you can always look at public markets and outside of crypto. Uh, if, you, if you loan money to the U.S. government for 10 years, you're basically getting paid 1.5% uh, on a yearly basis, right? And so you, if you look at that, that's not really a good yield because you compare it to what inflation expectations are. So in real terms, a real yield is, is a term that's used a lot in public markets. It's actually negative. So inflation is higher than what you're getting for those bonds. And so that that's a good base case for you to look at. You wanna earn more than what inflation is. Uh, and so it's important that you're taking the right amount of risk for the yield that you're getting. Now, uh, a couple tokens came out in the last couple of weeks offering 4% guaranteed yield on stable coins. And that I believe is going to be a big theme going forward for a lot of institutional investors uh, and corporates that have cash on their balance sheet and need to get some yield. 4% is a great number considering that you can't really get 4% anywhere in public markets. Um, but then there's, there's people offering hundreds of percentage points. And obviously, you, you have to be be careful when you're looking at those because uh, for, for, for someone to get a yield, you always have to think when you look at a high yield, you're like, well, obviously there's tons of other people that would love to get this yield. Why aren't they doing it? Or why are they doing it? What are the risks involved? So you have to look at the smart contract that are involved. You have to look at the protocols, the teams, what's the track record? Where am I getting this yield? And there's plenty of places besides staking also to get yield. And, and you know, we, we can talk about those as well. Well, then let's go right into that. What, first, I have a question. What is pooling? And is that another place to get yield? Pooling is actually uh, more a term for mining. It's where miners stake their uh, mining resources together. Uh, and are actually, you can kind of combine your resources and you do get some yield on, on your mining. But it's not really part of DeFi. It's kind of a separate uh, sector. Who are some of the big players that are in, in the DeFi space right now that we could say that, um, I don't want to, big meaning... Big meaning in capital and in um, trust. Got it. So it's a, it's a very important question. It's a, something a lot of people are looking at. Uh, I think we're very early in the DeFi space. Just to give you some sort of perspective, 
in May 2020, the total locked value, which is basically the amount of capital in DeFi, was $800 million. And right now, we're around $96 billion. Uh, so that growth has come you know, quite significantly. And so there's a couple major players in the space. One of the, the products or the parts of DeFi that has had the best product market fit, in my opinion, are stablecoins. Stablecoins uh, have been something that people are a lot more comfortable using for yield and to transact in DeFi because they're pegged to a fiat currency and there's a lot less volatility. And so there's huge players like Circle with USDC, um, other players that are that, you know, Compound, which is a protocol that was one of the first ones actually started what was known as DeFi summer last year. Uh, Compound started that. Ab is in there. Uniswap, which is a decentralized exchange, which is something to, to look into as well. Um, Yearn Finance. There's tons of, you know, lending. Lending is another way that you can actually earn yield. So, so it's quite interesting. Final question is, you said that there's other ways to earn yield besides just staking your coins. Is that, did I hear that correctly? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yeah, besides, besides staking. So um, there's, there's something called um, liquidity providing. Uh, which essentially what it, what it means is you go to a, one of these decentralized exchanges like PancakeSwap, Uniswap, uh, where you can provide a, a token pair. So let's say you and I are trading Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, if I put my Bitcoin and Ethereum in that pool and allow other traders to transact from my tokens, I earn a piece of the fee. And so that's another way that you can earn more tokens on your tokens uh, by by allowing other people to transact. Now, there's some other inherent risks in there, like, um, you know, impermanent loss and stuff like that. Uh, but but we can we can dive deeper in whatever subject matter you want. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you and ask you some more questions or dive a little deeper, how would they do that? LinkedIn is the best place to find me. I'm always uh, posting content on there. Nathan Beckerman. Uh, on LinkedIn. Nathan Beckerman, thanks for coming on and giving us a 101 on DeFi. And we might go on a deeper dive with some good topics here in a week or two. Thanks for coming Sounds on the show. Good. Sounds good, Matt. Thank you. In our next conversation, we talked to Paul McNeil, the crypto curator, because I want to know what is a good yield? Paul McNeil, the crypto curator, welcome back to the show. You are like a co host. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate having me back. This is fun. 100%. Look, we've been talking to, to get on this show and to talk about this subject for the past couple of days, because my question is, what is a good interest rate? What is good yield on your on your crypto? Look, I see BlockFi, they're offering 8.6% on their USDC. Coinbase just came out the other day, said they're offering 4% APY on their USDC. I see some companies up to 12% on hodling USDC. And I'm saying they're like, without the brick and mortar, without the middleman, without all the banking overhead and marketing and all that stuff, um, and the big CEO bonuses, what is actually a good yield? How do I know that I'm getting not getting ripped off? How do I know that they're not going to rip me off? How do I know that uh, where I, I guess I just want to talk about that, Paul. What's your thoughts? Yeah, so Matt, it's a lot of different nuanced issues when you're looking at all of this, right? The higher the yield goes, the more risk you're taking. Right. And I think your guest, last guest, talked about that. The higher the risk you get, the more risk you're taking. So they're probably doing some questionable things with that so that they can get that higher risk. It's just like hard money lenders. 
hard money lenders make what? They make a huge percentage of the money they lend out, but that's because the people they're lending to are not that credible. So they have to charge that high yield to get it. Now, when it comes to crypto space, across those, I don't know if there is a number that makes sense that is, you know, what it should be versus what it shouldn't be. But I can tell you this, the people that are offering the good yields, if you ask me, Voyager, Abra, right? They're offering you nine to 10% on USDC. I'll take it all day. I don't think either one of those companies are going to pull the rug on me. And I don't think either one of those companies are going to do something that's bad with that money. So it's a demand issue. I guess, but then there's credible companies. I mean, I would say even more credible. I'm going to say Coinbase. They're listed. They The books have been uh, poured over. You know, they have lots to lose if they, but they're only offering 4%. And I, of course, will feel a lot more comfortable there, but could Coinbase offer 6% and still make profit or 8%? Is this just the market trying to figure itself out? Like, because what, it's just price discovery at this point. We're trying to find out what the customers will tolerate. And obviously the company wants to make more as much money as possible and the customers will tolerate making less percentage. And maybe that's over time. Do we have to push back against Coinbase and say, Coinbase, bro, y'all, you can actually pay around five, six, 7% and still be make a crap ton of money. You should be doing that. Is, is it, are we at that phase and it's just discovery? Yeah, I think it is price discovery. But again, like they always say, where there's demand, that's where people will flow to. So if the wise consumers are wise enough, they will take and put their money where it's treated best. And right now it's getting treated best at Abra at 10% is getting treated best at Voyager at 9%. Now, if Coinbase doesn't have anyone willing to lend them USDC at 4%, they'll have to jack the rate up. And that just, we don't have to force them to do it. If no one will put their USDC with Coinbase, they'll say, okay, we're all for 6%. Okay, we're all for 8%. Okay, we're all for 10%. All of a sudden they start seeing money flow. Okay, that's where the right price is, 10%. Right. So if someone's willing to put their money with Coinbase, but that's because they value that security and they value the ease, then Coinbase can offer you 4% and say, hey, listen, I can offer you 4% because I'm giving you ease of use. I'm giving you that comfortability instead of you going over here. So the market will figure this stuff out, I believe, but I'm, I'm comfortable using an Abra or a Voyager to get that high percent. I guess what I'm asking, also going with is like, when are they going to start lowering the price? Now we see this them um, lowering the yields when it comes to uh, like Bitcoin and Ethereum lending, because obviously when the price goes down, when the when the transaction rates go up, you know, they're just it's just a, a, a complex process, you know, on their end, on the back end, obviously security issues and things like that. So, what was, but they did keep lowering those prices. Eventually, I, I can see BlockFi or Voyager or whatever start lowering lowering their yields their returns on their stable coins and even places like coinbase can go back go to say you know 3.9 3.5 3.2 and then where do we see ourselves as consumers as the same issue as the bank where we are actually paying the bank to keep our money in there i'm i'm wondering how do we protect ourselves against that sure robert leshner uh he's the ceo of compound he talked about, he said that he think over time, we will, the yields are going to converge, right? And, and I think that's been true, has been said across many platforms. Many people have said this. Yes, we're paying these high yields right now because there's such a high demand for these digital assets that they can do that, right? They're going to make the money on the back end and they can offer us these little yields. I think they're making 10, 15, 20 times what they're paying us, right? But they're not going to say that to anybody, but I think they're making a very large number. Um, but I think in time, there'll be enough digital assets out there. There'll be enough access to it. There'll be enough methodologies to do it. 
they don't have to pay those high yields and they're going to compress and they're going to come down over time. Would a CBDC be the stablecoin killer? Because again, that'll be a government issued uh, stablecoin or a digital coin, right? Could be backed by the US dollar or what have you. It could be used without the middleman. I mean, people have been talking about that in uh, the US government lately is saying like, why do we, and actually I think it was Amazon too, is like, why do we need to use the bank as the middleman, pay fees to them for doing nothing when we could just put everything digital and use a CBDC? Um, what do you, do you think that would be a killer for some of these, say, uh, USDC or USDT? Uh, and do you think that the US government will be a competitor to these companies? Well, if you ask me, I truly believe that USDC will become the digital dollar. We won't have a digital dollar. Ooh. And I think any <laughs> I think any CBDC is going to be that it's going to help Bitcoin, help digital assets, because now you can move in and out of digital assets a lot faster. You're not going all the way back to the old banking system, fiat, waiting three to five days or whatever for the money to clear. You can just go straight from a CBDC straight to Bitcoin, CBDC straight to any asset. So I think that's going to help. Will it lessen stable coins? I don't know. I think it's still, it's, it's consumer preference, right? We have PCs, we have Macs, we have all... People pick what they want. So I think the, the market's going to determine what's going to win. But I think USDC is going to become the digital dollar, though. So you think the USDC is actually going to be the CBDC? I think so. I mean, look what they just did today. They just mm -hmm. did a SPAC, mm -hmm. right? $4.5 billion type, type of reverse merger. I, I've been telling people this for a long time. I read an article on it. I've been watching what's happening with USDC. It's laying the ground for a public private partnership between the government and Circle and Coinbase to issue this as a digital dollar, I think it happens. Does that make Circle the new Fed? Does it make Circle the, so the next Fed? Yeah. I mean, the, the Fed's a private company. Circle, the new Fed? Well, I think, I think it's going to probably be a merger of the Fed and Circle and Coinbase, which would be crazy to think. But, you know, I'm telling you, this is a strange time. Who knows what's going to happen? And that goes back to my original question. Do you think that they will pay yield then? The Fed, I th yes, I think over time, I think we're going to see the quote unquote, the banks, because I think this is going to be a shifting of the banks. I think we're going to see yields return again at the Robert, uh, Robert Leshner was talking about companies finding yield in DeFi. DeFi is going to change the game for everybody, the banks included. And I think the banks are going to get smart enough. They're going to start leveraging it and they're going to start using DeFi because that's where they get yield. Wonderful. Paul McNeil, the crypto curator. Thank you for coming on the show and talking about this. And I'll see you again very soon, I bet. Thanks, Matt. Moving into today's headlines. Santander has become the latest bank to tell its UK customers to bugger off, and it will be blocking payments to crypto exchange Binance. In an email sent to account holders, they said that they will be stopping payments from Santander accounts to Binance wherever possible for your own protection. The Financial Conduct Authority, or FCA's, recent customer warning said that Binance markets are not permitted to undertake any regulated activity in the UK. The UK citizens can still continue to trade on Binance itself, but payments to Binance are halted. Circle, the company behind USDC or US dollar coin, has announced that it will go public through a deal with a special purpose acquisition corporation, or a SPAC, Concord Acquisition Corporation. The deal will value Circle at around $4.5 billion. The company raised a whopping $440 million in funding last month. At the time, Circle co-founder and CEO Jeremy Allaire said, With powerful backers who are committed to our mission and vision, we will redouble our efforts to expand into new markets. 
and continue to drive fundamental technology innovation and growth of our team. As we heard on the show this week, Coinbase has started offering high yields on customer USDC holdings. As of this week, retail investors can sign up to receive 4% return on their USDC hodlings. Today, USDC has a total market cap of just under $26 billion. And finally, the SEC strikes again, pushing back the review period of Skybridge Capital's proposed Bitcoin ETF to August 25th. They're dragging their heels on a lot of these ETFs. Some notable ETFs that are on their desk right now are Wisdom Tree, Vanek, Skybridge Capital, Fidelity, and most recently, ARK Investment. Like I said yesterday, I'm putting my money on ARK Invest to get the first Bitcoin ETF. What do you think? Let me know. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Don't forget to go to DiemerForCongress.com. That's D-I-E-M-E-R for Congress.com and help this campaign out. We need to get to Washington. We need blockchain advocates in D.C. Why? Because we need to start making regulations because we don't want what's happening in the U.K., the uncertainty with the banks, to happen in the U.S. Remember, tomorrow is listeners' questions. Submit your questions, and I'll answer them. Until then, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>